If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, September the 1st, 2015, our first show of September. Good to have you all here for our first and only show of the week. Again, we will be preempted on Thursday, much like last week. Um, and obviously with the Labor Day weekend, that's not really a surprise. You know, we usually try to do it. Whenever we get through a holiday weekend, sometimes we try to avoid the the Thursday before that, because, you know, people take time off. Sometimes people take off early, so, you know, just a way to kind of prevent us from having a show that doesn't really get listened to, um, and kind of it, that kind of is wasteful. So, um, yeah, so this will be our only show of this week. Uh, and unlike last week, now, first of all, we're back at our normal time, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, therefore we'll have a little bit of a longer show for you tonight. Um, and as opposed to last week, which we had a very short show, which I, again, I apologize for. We didn't really, you know, it's funny. I always say, like, we do a later show, like 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, we start late. Well, we're not going to do a long, long show because we don't want to go too late. But we also, did, you know, that, and that was one of the reasons why we had a short show. But the other reason, too, and, we, and, and really, we even had a shorter show than we normally would for a late show, um, a later show, and one of the reasons why is we just didn't have a lot to go on. We couldn't really do a whole lot. There was nothing. There wasn't really a whole lot to do. We couldn't. There wasn't a lot going on at the box office. There really still isn't. There wasn't a lot to talk about in sports, and there wasn't. No, and really, it was just wrestling that we could talk about. So, generally, we just didn't have a. And really, our, our you, the listeners, didn't really send us a whole lot to talk, and ask us to talk about a lot. So, we really didn't have a lot to go on. I think that was the first show in, in our nearly five years. That I can remember, first of all, I think it was our shortest show ever. Second of all, I think it was the first show that we generally had a hard time, like, trying to put something together. So that should tell you a little bit about how, how you know, why it was so short and, how, in a way, how difficult it was. So, but anyway, we have a, a full show tonight. We're going to do a little bit of sports, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of wrestling. So very full show on tap of a variety of things for you all tonight. But first, we're at the top, and we remind you all, the ways in which you can contribute and interact with during our show, you want to have your voice heard, you can do so by emailing us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. You can also follow us and tweet us at itspotlight411. Again, it's at itspotlight411. And make sure to use the hashtag, hashtag itspotlight411. Again, it's hashtag itspotlight411. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for us using the full title of our show. Now, that's in the spotlight with Brian Gardner right now. So you want to search for us using that title, in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. Um, that will be changing probably by the next time we have a show. It will probably just be the IT Spotlight 411 label. I'm trying to condense everything. We've already condensed the Twitter to IT Spotlight 411, the email to IT Spotlight 411, so we'll probably condense the Facebook as well. And also change 
the uh, the full show title eventually, probably around our anniversary, to IT in the Spotlight 411. People ask me why I'm doing this. I, I just don't want – it's just something that I feel like we have to do, okay? I've had an, I've had my name um, involved with the show since day one. I don't feel like that's necessar- that's very necessary at this point. I, it really was never necessary. I just felt like it made it look more professional. And it also, for anybody that wanted to know I was associated with the show, it made it easier. But I don't feel like that's necessary, so we're going to get rid of that. So you'll be seeing the IT Spotlight 411 header on everything from now on, um, including a new logo, which I hope to have for our anniversary in October. But anyway, you can find us on Facebook right now by using the full current full title of our show, In the Spotlight Brian Gardner, and it's In the Spotlight Brian Gardner. And once you find our Facebook page, like our page, then go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. Um, okay. So like I said, um, this is our only show of the week. Tonight we're going to do a little bit of sports. So on the sports side of things, we're probably going to touch, we're going to do a little bit with baseball because it's really all you can do. Uh, this weekend's huge. Now, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, football starting. What's going to happen with football Friday? Now, you see, here, here's the odd thing, okay? Here's the odd thing. We all know this year, you know, Labor Day's late and, you all know what's going on. I mean, you know how it is, okay? Uh, when that happens, everything's kind of different, you know, including the start of the football season. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of people that have asked me, oh, well, how, what's going to happen with Football Friday? And, um, pardon me, I'm just kidding. A little, uh, Things from somebody here. Um, you know, the whole thing is what's going to happen with, with, with Football Friday? You know, what are you going to do? And I, I've, I've been putting off the situation. Now, here's the funny thing. A lot of people have asked me, well, should you have a Football Friday this week? And I said, people, the NFL season doesn't start this week. College football season starts this week. I think people looked at, you know, unless you're a diehard NFL fan that follows every single detail, you know, you you might think that this weekend starts the football season, you know, it's Labor Day weekend because of how late everything is. Labor Day is on September 7th. Usually we're starting the NFL season September 6th or 7th. So I understand. Like, I can't tell you how many people walked up to me this week and said, oh, are you ready? Are, are you excited for the NFL this weekend? I'm like, no, the NFL is not starting this weekend. The only thing that's starting this weekend is college football. The NFL doesn't start till next week, which is why I did not, this, which is why I'm going to make an announcement about whether, what's going to happen with Football Friday next week, on next Tuesday's show. So, for all you football fans out there, the NFL, college football does start this week, and there's reason to be excited about that. The NFL does not start until next week. Starts September 10th. Keep that in mind, because I know there's been some confusion. Like I said, I can't tell you how many people have walked up to me and, and asked me, you know, how excited I'm about NFL. I'm like, uh, yeah, i got about a week yet, guys. I mean, come on. Okay, so... Um, and next Tuesday is going to be a big show. It is going to be a very big show. We're going to, you know, we're going to make a lot of announcements. We are closing in on our fifth anniversary, and people keep telling me, oh, my gosh, you know, I, all these things you guys said you are going to do, it looks like you haven't even done a, the majority of them. Well, there's a reason for that. And you do these things as you get close to the anniversary, and that's what we're going to do. 
and you do these things in the aftermath of the anniversary. Some things you do in the during the year, some things you you know building up to, and then some things you do afterwards. We're timing these things the way we always intended them to be tied. There were a few things we we were hoping to do before now. We just didn't get them in, but we're still going to do them. So that's all you really need to know. And some things we put off on purpose, and we'll get into all that next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we'll make announcements about. What's coming up the whole month of September? What's coming up as we approach the anniversary? It's going to be a really big show you do not want to miss. I'll talk about the future of the football. Of football. I'll even talk about, in some ways, the future of the show, because we are kind of rebranding. We've been slowly changing things throughout the summer. And really, you're going to see that in September as well, a little bit more in the way of a lot of the tweaks and changes that we ha- highlighted way back in June. By the time we get the whole, by the time we get to our fifth anniversary, I think we're going to be totally in our full element of what we want to be as a show going forward. So it's going to be a very exciting time for us starting next week. So next Tuesday, in addition to the usual traditional stuff that you tune into us for, you want to tune into to hear announcements about what's coming up and a lot of the. I mean, and there's a lot of excitement, a lot of big things coming up. We're very excited here, all of us involved with the show. So you want to tune in for that next Tuesday. It will be a very big show. All right, so just throwing that out there. Um, oh, why in the midst of reminding people of things, remember, next Thursday is a big day as far as the In the Spotlight TV Awards process goes. Next Thursday, September 10th, we will have a show that night. The uh, For those of you that are part of the process, the winning ballots are due for the uh, fifth day in the Spotlight TV Awards. So, and, again, those are due by email to our old email address. Those of you that have a ballot, you know how that works. So you want to make sure you get those winning ballots in by 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Thursday, September 10th. That'll be right in the middle of our show that night. So make sure you get those in. And also for those, and this goes for anybody, anybody, you don't have to be a part of the voting process for the, the actual awards. If you want to still be a part of the awards in some form, you can be a part of them through the live voted awards. Anybody that listens to our show can be a part of that. And submissions for the nominees can help decide the nominees for the live voted awards are due on Thursday, September 10th as well. And you can submit them by email, your old email address or new email address. And if anybody has any questions on there and needs remind, reminders about uh, what what awards are there as possibilities for, you know, if you might need any information on that, you can email Facebook or tweet us about that, and we will get back to you on that. I don't want to waste time going over all the nominees again, but again, winning ballots and nominee submissions for the live vote of the awards, both due next Thursday, September 10th at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That's right in the middle of our show. So all the TV, the final TV award stuff due that night. Of course, the fifth day in the Spotlight TV Awards will take place live here on TalkShoe, broadcasting live here on TalkShoe on Thursday, September 17th, broadcasting live at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And as we always do, we'll start off by giving you the nominees that you all help to decide for the live voted awards, and then we'll allow you an hour to vote on those awards, and we'll announce the winners right before we announce the final award TV program of the year. So that will be, again, a big event for us. It always is, along with the film awards. So you want to make sure you tune in for that event. The fifth annual in the Spotlight TV Awards on Thursday, September 17th, part of what we're calling a September to Remember. All right. So that's 
that's all the reminders. Again, next Tuesday, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of announcements, a whole bunch of reminders. So you want to make sure you tune in for that. That is like our, I always mention this. That's kind of like our go, our, our welcome back show. Everybody, you know, summer is pretty much over. Labor Day is over. School is starting. Everybody is kind of get back into the routine, the swing of things, including us. And that's the show that we always kind of bring everything back to, you know. We bring all of our – we're back – we start our usual schedule again. You know, we're back to two shows a week every week unless something comes up, big like something emergency or something, God forbid. But, you know, we're back to our usual schedule, back to our routine. The audience is back in full. It's a time when we all kind of get back into the swing of things. So that's why I call it like our welcome back show. So that will be a big show next Tuesday. All right, so like I said, tonight on the sports side of things, we're going to talk baseball. We're in September now, pennant races, all that stuff. Uh, we're not going to do any football tonight. I know college football is coming up this weekend, but there's nothing really. You know, it, I mean, anybody that's tuned in to even our football fire shows, and we don't do a lot with college football. We did a lot down the stretch last year. We probably will do that same thing again if we do football Friday or whatever we do. Um, but none of you, none of our list, none of you listeners really want me to talk about college football, and I don't see a reason to. So we're not going to do that. Um, there's, and there's a couple other real sports things we'll get to. So baseball, a couple of other sports things we'll get to. We'll present our latest edition of the box office beat, talk about the latest box office news, and maybe give a little entertainment, stu- entertainment news stuff in there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about wrestling as we approach WWE's Night of Champions pay-per-view, some interesting things developing there. So that's going to be our show tonight. So um, my co-host has told me uh, that he will be late. He claims he's working on it. So I don't know how late he's going to be, so we are going to start without him. Uh, but I do have the third member of our team here present for us tonight, and that is, of course, our technical guru, who is entering really on, it's pretty close to it right now. We're almost down to the final month he's going to be on the show because his last day is going to be our fifth anniversary, I believe, unless he comes back for an episode after that so he can have his own separate farewell so it doesn't cast a pall over our fifth anniversary, but we'll see. But, you know, he's, he's closing in on his final shows with us, and uh, he is here tonight, our technical guru. Everybody say hi to Jeff Tech, always on the ball. Um, he is here tonight. Um, and while well, – here's what we're going to do. Um you all know how Mike. You all know how Mike is, my co-host. Okay, he doesn't like talking about certain things. So while we're waiting for him, I will do some of the things that I know he don't. He won't have an opinion on, and then we'll we'll go from there. And we will start off with sports here tonight. And I, I'm going to start with a couple of little quick sports bits because um, uh, most of the sports stuff's going to be about baseball. So I want to get a couple of little tidbits out of the way. Um, First of all, if you don't follow tennis, you might want to follow especially women's tennis this week. But you do have the U.S. Open coming up, coming on here. And as far as the women's part of it goes, it's a, it, it could be history here in the making. As Serena Williams will be going to be the first Grand Slam champion since Steph, Steffi Graf. It's a huge deal. Um, it's a big, it's a big, big deal. First of all, it's a big deal because for the longest time, you know. Even though Serena has kind of always been at the top, I think we were all starting to get to the point where we thought that 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 time of her being a dominant force in female tennis was over. She's getting older. 
I mean, no, I mean, that's say she's in her forties, okay? But she she is getting older, and you know, there were there was a brief time that she wasn't really as involved. She really wasn't at the. She wasn't winning as many tournaments. She was still in competition. You still saw her maybe in a couple of semifinals, sometimes in the final. I mean, you know, it's not like she wasn't winning, but you didn't see her as dominant. And that was for a lot of reasons. Some were injury and some were just, you know, hey, you, you just got beat. But this year she's kind of had a, a, a resurgence, and she's kind of reminded us, hey, you know what, I'm still here. I'm still here to stay. And she's brought a lot more eyes back to tennis this year, uh, and it's going to be. It's a. I really encourage everybody to check out the U.S. Open, watch her journey here, let's see history in the making. Most people assume that, barring anything unforeseen, that she is. And hopefully everything goes well for her smoothly. She will win this tournament, and it will be history. And it's a huge, huge deal. It'll be good for the sport. And, and for her legacy, it's just huge. And she's always been a very, very good representative of the sport, very good representative of the United States. Um, and she's very been. It's, it's been a. It's a very good story to watch. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And with, with female athletes and how dominant they become, you know, in in, in these last, I think it's last two years, really. You know, you got Ronda Rouse, Serena Williams. You got, you know, women's soccer, and you know, it's been it's been just amazing to watch women's sports and how big it's becoming. And it's a great thing, and it's a. I really hope it starts to translate into basketball too. You know, where college basketball, women women's college basketball, WNBA starts getting to be a big thing. I really hope it translates over there, because I think that that's what should happen. So hopefully that happens. Um, and again, track Serena's journey this week, cause this week and next week is going to be something really special, I think. Um, one last little quick tidbit. Uh, a lot of you, and this, and this ain't so much a topic as it is a question. Okay. Um, a lot of you've been asking me about what's what, what's the situation. It's funny to me because they've had this set up for a year or two now, I believe, maybe even longer. A lot of you have asked me about the situation in golf with the FedEx Cup, okay? Uh, the whole thing with, like, who wins the Cup, they're doing playoffs now. If you watched this weekend, you might have saw a tournament. It's part of the playoffs. People have been asking, like, well, how does that work? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, I, I, most people always, when they look at golf, they think about the four majors, you know? That's what they think about. And they, they, don't, they don't know that there's a playoff, and, and people don't understand it. Uh, and and, and he, let, me, let me just make this extremely quick, because... I've gotten this question numerous times over the last couple of weeks. I think I got it a lot last year. I just never had a chance to properly address it. Um, so I'm going to take the time now to just kind of shoot an answer out there. All It's kind of like NASCAR. All year these players accumulate points, okay, by their wins, their placements, you know, where they rank in tournaments in general, not just in the majors. Obviously I think the majors count more. Um, and I'm not really sure how the point system values each win or each one, okay? But I know it's based on your performance throughout the year. And then, you know, right now, obviously, we're beyond the majors. So now, you know, as we head towards the end of the PGA season, obviously, every tournament you play in matters as far as your points go. And that's why now you're seeing so much emphasis, okay, all the majors are over. So now any golf tournament you watch is going to have the heading playoffs. So that's that's 
that's what that is, okay? And it all culminates and, you know, I think I think it culminates at the end of September, I think. I don't know. I can't remember what the situation is. But that's basically how it works. That's just a general, again, I'm missing some details here and there. But for those, it, it kind of works just like NASCAR. That's how it works. I don't know why they do that. For me, I mean, for everybody, everybody just focuses on the majors. Once they're done, people, no disrespect, men, people just don't seem to care as much, at least into the Ryder Cup, where national pride is on the line. And then, then that's it, you know, to the Masters. But it's there. So if you're interested in checking it out, you know, check, look on the PGA website. You can get information there. And just keep, every weekend there will be an event, and it will all count towards, the playoffs and, you know, points towards the playoffs and deciding who wins the cup. All right, so those are two little quick bits. One was the actual topic of discussion. The other one was a question I just wanted to address because it's been always – it's been a question that's been asked quite a bit of me and I imagine a lot of people. So I already so I addressed those two things. Now we want to talk about baseball. But before we get to baseball, let me bring my co-host on who is knocking. Mike, you are in the spotlight. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? My co-host, apparently. <laughs> my my co-host, who? <sighs> my gigantic pain in the ass of a co-host. Who says, screw you? <laughs> <laughs> actually, Ron. It, it actually did. Congratulations. You're very welcome. In fact, you're very welcome for all this. Go screw yourself. Okay. No, wait, no. <laughs> I didn't expect that response. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, I took the opportunity, Mike, to talk about topics I know you wouldn't have an opinion on, like golf and tennis. There was, oh. there was a story about tennis? Well. Why? Because what Serena Williams in the serve? U.S. Open, and she has, if she wins the U.S. Open, everybody expects she will. She'll be the Ooh. first. Serena Williams. Yeah. If she wins the U.S. Open, she'll be the first woman's Grand Slam champion since Steffi Graf in 1998. Okay. So it's a, kind of a historic thing, so people are kind of fixated on. So yeah, well, that's no. good. I mean, she's had a vice grip over the sport for how long? So yeah, yeah. Uh, this so, is well, shocking. Well, you know? well, it's good for you know not that look, women in in, in tennis has always been a big thing. Okay. And it's like I was saying. I, I I hope that you know this this whole um, kind of female athlete movement starts translating more eyes towards women's basketball. Yeah, the WNBA probably doesn't deserve it because they bust their tails. I mean, if you've ever watched the WNBA, not, not even just WNBA, but women's college basketball too. Women's college basketball, hell impressive too. I mean, it's it's really fun to watch. It's just, I, I just feel bad because there is this huge movement. You know, you got Ronda Rousey, so women's fighters are a big thing now. But, like, women's soccer and volleyball, it's, it's huge. Women in tennis is huge. I just wanted to start spilling over the basketball because I just don't think they get the credit, nor do they get the airtime they deserve. It, women's athletes in general, for mostly any sport you could think of under the end of the sun, Right. Deserve a little bit more credit and recognition and support than they than they really get. Right. So th- this isn't just this. This is across the board, you know. Right. Right. So I mean, 
Yes, yes. Serena Williams has, but she has been at the forefront of, of women's sports for forever. Her and her sister Venus. Right. Obviously, Emory Sharapova as well. Right. Uh, especially in tennis. I mean, tennis. You hear about women's athletes all the time because they they're dominant. They're just right. utterly, utterly dominant, and that's just how it's gone. Well, I, I, it's going to be an interesting watch. I hope she does it. Um, like I said, I hope it spills over to other sports too. Um, and like you, you, I always say, you, you, it, we just talked about tennis. We talked about a little bit, but I answered a question about golf. I've been talking a lot about golf in the last couple of weeks. And it's summer. There's only one major sport in play, and that's baseball. All right. So golf and, te- and, and golf and tennis are the only other things going on outside of baseball. So. That's what and the world, That's why next and the world is Olympics, sorry about the fact yeah. that baseball is the only sport they can talk about. Yeah. Right, except for ESPN because they're not even talking about baseball. They're talking about football anyway. And yeah, they got oh, college oh. football this weekend, so they're going crazy now. So. Oh, yeah, college football. Uh, Alabama and uh, Alabama and uh, I don't even care. Well, they were devastated when Alabama lost last year, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, they didn't know what to talk about. Well, they did. Uh, they talk about Alabama. <laughs> they, it's, it was kind of fun. It, it was kind of fun. Well, they—I mean—they had to make a big deal because they had the, the first playoff thing. But it was kind of funny how deflated they got after the the SEC teams lost last year. It was pretty funny. Um, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, um, you know, this time of year you only got baseball and really like golf and tennis. Next year you're going to have the Olympics, so you have that in there. So it makes a difference. Um, gives you a little bit more to talk about. And again, no disrespect, man, but that's just the truth. You don't, there's not a lot to talk about. You got golf and tennis, which doesn't lend itself to a whole lot of discussion. And then you got, because they're kind of up and down. You know, there's big tournaments here, big tournaments there, and then baseball, which again is very slow in its season. And, and right now is is going to for the mainstream. Right now is where people are going to pick up and go. All right, what do we have? Which is why now, you know, as you start September, this is where people are going to start looking and go, all right, let's see what we have. And what you have is very exciting because for the first time in a couple of years, you got the majority of the, the big teams, the big ratings draws are in the mix. The Dodgers, the Giants, the Yankees, the Mets, the Cubs, the Cardinals, okay? Lottie's Big draws are in the mix. You talk about the West Coast. Yeah, the Dodgers have been competitive. The Giants have been competitive. The Cardinals have been competitive. You know, Yankees haven't been there in two years. The Red Sox have been in there a couple times. But now you're talking about, think about the markets you got involved. You're going to have, you got both New York teams involved. At least one's going to make it, more than likely. You got both, two California teams involved. You got the Cubs involved. You got the Angels on the outer fringe. You might have three California teams involved. You have uh, the Rangers who can draw involved. You have the Cardinals who are always there involved. I mean, you got some great teams involved. So the mainstream is going to actually be into this this push this year, where it hasn't been. So you know the league is probably really excited about this. And there's some good races this year. So far, there's been a little bit more drama. Last year, I remember at this time, we were like, okay, there's some potential here for some some good races. Well, this is about more than potential now. There actually looks like we're going to have some drama this year for the first time in three years, especially since the since we started this new format with the playoff game for the wild card. 
So that's a good thing. And these collection of teams that you have involved is a good thing. So I think you're going to see, and I think you're going to see a better playoffs this year because of the teams you have involved. There's, good, there's really good potential for some good matchups. First of all, if the Yankees and the Mets both make it, you have that whole Subway Series thing that could happen. So you know people will be looking at that. And then of course you got you know Cubs Cardinals potential. You have uh, the Pirates might make it in there still. Um, Dodgers Cubs, you know Yankees Cubs, Yankees Dodgers. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that can go in there. So that's what you. The, the, the more of these kind of teams that make it, not just mainstream, but these interesting, compelling teams that can make it, that have these good matchup potentials, the better it's going to be for ratings and the better it's going to be for storylines. Story we haven't really had that the last couple of years. We have here and there. I mean, last year the Royals kind of made it, made, made it interesting. But that was it. So it's going to be an interesting situation that we're going to see develop over these next couple of weeks here. And as it stands right now here on September 1st, uh, you got the American League East, you got the Blue Jays leading by a game and a half. Um, with Tampa 9 out, Baltimore 11 out. So it's going to be Yankees or the Blue Jays are going to win the division. That's a given. Central, Kansas City's winning the division up by 13 games. That's a given. Minnesota's down, is down back 13 games, okay? Houston is up four games on the Rangers. Our Angels seven and a half games out, okay? So that's what you're looking at pretty much. The Astros are probably going to make it. They're in the 70 wins. If you had 70 wins right now, I think you have a good chance. So I think the Royals, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Astros are all probably going to the playoffs. For me, the race, the big race, the, the, this, the, the, the big things to watch this month are going to be this. Number one, can Texas or the Angels make it interesting for the division? Because obviously you want to make that push to win the division so you don't get in the wild card game. Okay? Same thing with the Yankees. Can the Yankee, what would the Yankees push be for the division, especially now without Teixeira, who looks like he'll be out for at least a couple of weeks? What's the push there? Toronto has been this kind of like, it's been the hottest team. Kansas City right now looks like the team is going to get the number one seed. So those are the two things on the AL side you want to you want to look for. Um, and then there's the third thing that's kind of not like a that is actually going to be a race for a spot, and that's the second wild card. Okay, the second wild card is really up for grabs. The Yankees right now have a four game lead on uh, as far as the first wild card. You look at the second wild card. You have the Rangers leading that. The Twins are a game back of that. And the Angels and the Rays are three and a half out. Cleveland four. Baltimore five and a half. White Sox six and a half. Red Sox seven. Now, why am I listing teams that are six, seven and a half back? Because we've seen stranger things happen. We've seen teams come back from ten games out. So if you're within ten, you still have a shot. We've seen that happen. There's two wild card spots. These teams are wild cards for a reason. Especially when you start thinking about the second wild card spot, it's very incons- that usually means it's a team that's wildly inconsistent. So some of these teams could fall apart. You, you, we've seen it happen. We've seen so many teams on the outer fringe come back and take that wild card spot. So don't be surprised you see a team that maybe seven and a half out makes a push and all of a sudden ends up that, in that wild card game. I don't think it's very likely to happen, but it could. Texas is the hottest team of that bunch right now for the second wild card. 
But here's the thing. Remember, if you're if you're playing teams within September is usually a month where you play a lot of teams within your division. So if you're a team battling a division rival for a spot in the playoffs, you have a chance, even if you're behind them, to make up some ground because you're going to play them head-to-head. Angels and Rangers are going to play each other. They have a chance to play each other head-to-head. They could end up beating each other up so beating each other up to the point where a team like the Twins sneaks in and gets it because they're only a game back. Or maybe a Baltimore sneaks in or a Tampa or a Cleveland. That's something interesting to keep an eye on as you go through this month. To me, that second wild card is the only spot up for grabs. All the other teams that are current, like the Yankees, the Blue Jays, Astros, the Royals, are all going. To, those teams are going to make it. That second wild card is the only one that I think is up for grabs. I think you're going to get at least two teams out of the AL East. Houston's going to make it, and and the and the Royals are going to make it. Because Houston's just again, if you're in the seventies right now. Realistically speaking, okay, you talk about that second wild card spot. The Texas is leading that by a game with 68 wins. The Yankees are already up four games on them. Even if the Yankees go 500, you'd expect some of these other teams behind them to have to play above that, and they have been so inconsistent to this point that it's not very likely. So you're looking at the Yankees at least holding on to at least the first wild card, or at least one of those wild card spots. And that leaving one spot open. And unless, you know, one of the AL West teams, because Minnesota is not going to catch the Royals, unless one of the AL West teams snipe up and, and, and catch Houston, which is possible, they got to play each other, nothing's going to change. Now, remember, Houston's a young team, so you don't know how they're going to react to it. So far, they've handled their challenge. They got, they got pushed to the brink a little bit in July, and they responded. And they got back on top. We'll see what happens. You got you got to fear the Angels still because they can hit. You have to fear the Angels. Right now, though, the team that's the most dangerous, in my opinion, is Texas because they're they're so hot right now. Toronto's obviously dangerous. We know that, but Texas to me is the most dangerous team in the American League right now. And they're starting to get pitching now too. Also, of course, if you're a team that's in that wild card hunt, you're trying to get to the top wild cards. So you can have home field to host that wild-card playoff game. That's a key, too. But if you ask me today, here on September 1st, who are your teams from the American League, you're going to have Toronto or the, and the Yankees, whoever wins the division, whatever, you know, but those are the two teams. You're going to have probably Houston. You're going to definitely have the Royals. Right now, I'd say right now you've got to go with Texas because of how hot they are. But to me, I give Minnesota credit. They've hung in here. I thought a month, a couple of weeks ago, Minnesota was done. They got swept by the Yankees. I thought they were done. And they've held serve. They've, they've, they've kept themselves in it. They're a game back. So that's, that's kudos to them. I suppose Minnesota could sneak in, but I think Texas right now is the team you got to take. And that wild card game, you're, you're, you're figuring it's going to either be Texas versus the Yankees or Texas versus the Buddha. That's a good game. That's an offensive game. That's going to be a good game. Very good game. So we'll see what happens there. That's a couple of things to watch on the American League side of things. On the National League side of things, um, what you got as far as the division goes right now, the, the Nationals have just come apart. 
They're six and a half out. The Mets leading the division already at 70 wins. Six and a half out are the Nationals. Nobody else even close. The Cardinals are up five on the Pirates. The Cardinals, it's interesting. The Cardinals are already at 85. The Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. But the Pirates have kept themselves within distance. And remember, division, you're playing these teams in September. The Pirates still have a chance to put, to win the division. I wouldn't put my stock in it, but they still have a chance. Then you got the Cubs at 10.5 out uh, in third there. And then in the West, you have the Dodgers up 4.5 on the Giants. And next to that, the Padres 9.5 out. So that's what you got for the division. The Dodgers are likely going to win the division. Um, Cardinals are likely going to win the division. Mets are going to likely win the division. That leaves you with the wild card. And these teams that are winning the divisions right now are going to make the playoffs because they're not going to collapse that badly. I mean, we've seen it happen, but we all know that it's very rare for that to happen. Okay, they're all in the 70 wins. Cardinals are already at 85 wins. So they're not – even if they collapse, you're probably going to get at least a wild card spot. So um, – and then on the wild card side of things, the Pirates are up five-and-a-half games for that first wild card spot. The Cubs are up five-and-a-half games for the second wild card spot. So not nearly as close to the American League. The Giants are, uh, again, are the next team in line, five-and-a-half games back of the Cubs, Nationals eight. So here's what you're left with. The Mets are going to make it. The Cardinals are going to make it. The Dodgers are going to make it. The Pirates are more than, the Pirates are more than one who's going to make it. That last spot could be either the Cubs or the Giants. The Giants have – it's funny. The Giants actually have a better, in my opinion, a better chance and making the playoffs catching the Dodgers, because they're going to play a little bit more than they do of catching uh, the Cubs for the final wild card spot. Because, remember, into division, they're going to play the Dodgers more, so they might be able to cut into that lead and take it. And here's the interesting thing. It, you know, if, if it ends up being – Dodgers-Giants are essentially playing for a playoff spot. Because I, you know, again, the Cubs leading – that second wild card by final games. Now, here's the thing. The Cubs are going to play a tough schedule. They're going to have to play the Cardinals. They're going to have to play the Pirates. But here's another thing to remember. If the Cardinals run away with this division, and even the uh, division, when you play the Cardinals, who knows how, how hard they're going to compete. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to do the best they can to look like they're you know, putting everybody out there and, and competing. But... The Cardinals, you have to figure, are going to be the number one seed. They're going to lock everything up probably early. They're already at 85 wins. So they're not going to go all out. So you, by the time the – I mean, there might be a few games where either the Cubs, even the Pirates, get them when they're not at full capacity because they're resting guys. That could play a role too. But I think unlike the American League side, I don't think there's a spot really up for grabs. I think if the Giants are going to make a run here, their best chance to win the division because they're going to play more. Uh, they're going to play the Dodgers head to head. Not going to play the Cubs or the Pirates head to head. They are, they control more, in, in the, as far as the division goes, when going after the division than they do if they can uh, the wild card. But just look at the teams we're talking about that are going to are probably making the playoffs on the American League side: Toronto, New York, the Yankees. Kansas City, um, Houston, Texas, okay? Got the Yankees in there. You got Toronto, who's going to bring the Canadian market in on this. Royals brought a good market last year. Um, Texas will bring a good market. 
You know, I mean, if you could sneak the Angels in there or something, that'd be good. On the National League side, you got the Mets, you got the Cardinals, you got the Cubs, you got some big teams and Dodgers. Very well represented. So that, that makes for an interesting situation. And, you know, there's always a chance that, like I said, the NL West race might tighten up, but the Giants and Dodgers are playing each other. Maybe the NL Wild Card could tighten up, too. I mean, the Cubs and the Pirates kind of, you know, knock each other around a little bit. Then, you know, maybe the Giants do sneak in a little bit more in there. But we'll see. We'll see. Some interesting races. Uh, a couple of things to keep an eye on. I mean, just as far as MVP races go, a lot of it's just a crapshoot this year. There hasn't been anybody really outwardly dominant on the Cy Young, in the Cy Young race, or on any of the MVP races. There's some candidates, but it's not been like anybody like remotely dominant. Um, not too many injuries that are, you know, are in play either. I mean, Mark Teixeira is the big one for the Yankees, but he's not really going on the DL, so. Um, you know, that's not really a, uh, it's a huge thing, but it's not, we don't know who knows on a timetable, so. Um, but, yeah, that's where we stand right now on um, the races and where they're going. It's, it's going to be an interesting month. It really is. And one little thing I want to mention here, and it's not really a little thing, it's a big thing. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it. It's, it's, it's always been a topic of discussion um, as far as, like, safety at ballparks and stuff. But there was a tragic incident this weekend, if you're watching the Yankees-Braves game, where a fan uh, fell and, and was killed. So we want to extend our condolences. First of all, may he rest in peace and condolences and thoughts and prayers to the family, that fan. Also to all those who witnessed that, because obviously that's a very traumatic thing to witness. Um, so prayers, thoughts go out to everybody involved in that horrific tragedy and, again, to the, you know, made the fan rest in peace and to the family and friends and of that fan, our condolences, because that's a horrible situation. There's going to be a lot of, again, a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of discussion. That's the second time it's happened at Turner Field in three years. Obviously, that's happened at other ballparks, too. And that and goes, you know, there's been a talk about that. There's been talk about, you know, players' safety with getting hit by line drives, fans getting hit by line drives, bats flying into the stands. I think there was an incident in Boston yesterday involving that. It's it's just been, there's a lot of talk about safety at ballparks. Player safety, fan safety, and that's something that I think should be priority one for the league after the season's over. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward here. Mike, do you have anything to add? Do I what? Do you have anything to add? I mean, I just did a bunch of baseball stuff, so I don't know if you want just anything you want to pick up on or just move on. Uh, well, I feel bad for the family of that fan. Absolutely feel bad for them. Um. And you know, I, I I wish them you know you know solace and, and condolences in this time. Uh, as for baseball, I couldn't give two craps about it. I I know we're getting to the part of the season where I'm supposed to, but I I I legitimately do not give two craps about it. Don't <laughs> call me when the playoffs happen and all the big market teams are in. In which case, baseball can be touting, oh, we have our biggest numbers ever. 
we have our biggest numbers ever because all of the teams are from huge markets like New York and St. Louis and California and Texas. I guess I don't know. I'm not. I don't even. I'm not even paying attention. I just know the Yankees are kind of in it, so that's all. No, that's fair. I think it's gonna. I, I think just having the Yankees, the Mets, the Cubs, the Dodge, that by default, Cardinals going to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. But all right, so let's go on. Let's move on to entertainment since we covered everything in our line two in sports, and let's talk about. The box office, which this is going to be about a five-minute box office beat because um, there's really, <laughs> there's like last week, what can be said? There was nothing. <laughs> the new releases did nothing. First of all, we were in complete summer lull, okay? Last weekend, we straight out of Compton held number one with $26 million. This weekend, it held number one with a lot lower total, to, but that was expected. Again, you're in the final two weeks of August. And this weekend's box office will not be any better, okay? It won't. It's Labor Day weekend. It's usually a weekend where may, if, if people go to the movies, they catch up on any summer movies that they haven't gotten to yet before the fall starts. That's what they do, okay? That's usually, you know, you might see a boost for some movies that are still around from July and early August, and that's about it. Second week of September is when things start to rebuild, and then they build as we get to October, and then October gets us back on track, and then November is obviously when things get really big. So that, that's kind of the, the whole pattern. You know, this year, you know, whenever you get this 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 pattern, this this year, kind of year where everything's late, like Rainbow Day's late, then it's unfortunate because the box office almost has one more extra week of a lull. You know, if you go back to last year when Labor Day was earlier, they only had really one week that was kind of like a lull. And the year before it was the same way. When you get a later year like this where Labor Day is late, then you get kind of like an extra week where it's a lull. But given how good of a year things, how good things have gone from January to pretty much now, where I think prior to the last two weeks, it only has been like one really bad week all year for the box office as far as how everything went. That's not too bad. So you can deal with that, and that's what they're going to do. And, um... You know, people have asked me about, you know, when we're going to do our kind of like box office wrap-up for the summer. We're going to be doing that probably next week, I think. Um, and so I'm not going to get into how everything's fair, because I know everybody's got their summer reports coming out this week, and I will get into that next week. But this past week, Straight Outta Compton held number one, and that was that was with the left $13.1 million. Then you had a new movie called War Room, which – Extremely well on Friday. It's at 12.3 million right now, and it didn't do too badly. It's a it's a it's a Christian film, but it didn't do too badly. It did actually pretty well. Three million dollar budget, 1.3 million on the weekend. That's not bad. Um, then you have a movie called No Escape, which debuted 8.1 million. That's from the Weinstein Company. Owen Wilson, Pierce Brosnan, Lake Bell. Um, so that didn't do too badly either. Although it had a bigger budget than uh than War Room, so it's not looking it's not gonna be as favorable as you looked at. The biggest story this weekend, and other than the fact it's a low weekend, so whatever movies made they made, was a movie called We Are Your Friends, which is a Zach Efron movie. and I knew of that. I don't think too many people did, evidently. 
Zac Efron started. He was like the biggest name in it, along with John Bernthal, and that that was pretty much it. Wes Bentley. Um, R rated. It opened in two thousand three hundred and thirty two. That is that is a wide release. It's a drama. Now I know it's R rated, coming from Warner Brothers, and I understand it didn't get marketed that heavily, but it still got marketed enough where it if it's gonna flop. It should have fought more with like five million dollars. It made one point eight million dollars this weekend. One point eight. The headlines that that film got, okay, were for how badly it it flopped, it bombed, okay, and it it flopped. Historically, it was the third worst opening of all time for a new film opening in 2,000 or more theaters. And, I mean, it didn't get the worst reviews, but it didn't get great reviews here. It cost $6 million to make. Warner Brothers paid $2 million to distribute the film in North America on behalf of the British company Working Title Films. So, I guess technically it's like an $8 million thing if you include the distribution fee. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the saving grace is it won't cost them a lot of money. Like, okay, it made one point. So, I almost made $2 million. So, technically it's like an $8 million budget. So, you know, you make what you can make and just accept the loss. But, good thing it has a small budget, but still an epically horrible wide release for that film and it's a good thing Zach Efron hasn't had too many really bad flops okay I mean he, he's had some movies not do as well as Hope but you know this this is something he can come back from he'll be okay it's just <laughs> and again you do question a little bit like this kind of movie it's R-rated it was never going to attract a big audience anyway but you released it when you released it not the best time of year. It, it, it's funny to me because I think two out of the three worst wide release openings happen at this time of year. So you have to question, if you're going to release something at the at the middle to end of August, make sure it's something that's got a very small budget and that you at least think could make its budget back. Just be smart because this is not the time of year where people, a lot of people go to the movies. So you've you got to be smart about it. Um, but outside of those particular instances, there's not anything else to talk about in regards to the box. There's nothing else going on uh, this weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend again. More likely, the big things that will get the topics, the big things that will get the attention. If anybody goes to the movies, will be uh, uh, will be uh, the, some of the releases that have been around already. You know, so any movies like Mission Impossible, which has been doing well as far as holdover movies go. You know, movies that came out maybe in late July, Ant-Man, early August, uh, Santa Compton, you know, those kind of movies will get a little bit of maybe a boost this weekend because people will be trying to catch up on them before school starts and the fall gets going. Because um, that's usually what this weekend is about. There are two new movies of interest, uh, The Transporter Refueled, um, you got that movie, that franchise, obviously, people know about that. And you got A Walk in the Woods, starring Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. So and that one obviously would be appealing more to the older 
audiences, and that's R-rated as well. So those are your two big movies this weekend. Um, not expecting a lot. Most people think Transporter will be around 10, 11 million, and Straight Outta Compton might be around the two, so they might battle for number one. Then you'll have War Room probably in there around seven, eight million. Mission Impossible around seven. No Escape around five. A Walk in the Woods around five. So again, you're looking at an, another weekend where the number one movie does not gross twenty million. Probably won't even gross fifty million. Might not even gross ten million, even though people, most people think it that won't be the case. That at least the number one movie this weekend will gross ten. But it's going to be another low weekend, um, and probably more about those movies that have been out for a few weeks or more rather than about the new movies. So, Mike, you have anything to add? Uh, do I have anything to add? Oh, the Transporter's got a new movie out. Holy, holy, uh, holy nuts there, Batman. <laughs> I was a little surprised about that one. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Choking on spitting that it looks like. Um, the box office terrible. Just <laughs> terrible. Um, that Zach Efron movie did manage to beat Fantastic Four though. Yeah, it did. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. No, it didn't. It couldn't be the Fantastic Four in its fourth weekend. <laughs> Uh, American oh, okay. American Ultra pretty much bombed out. Wow. Okay. That that's a little surprising. American Ultra like bombed. I don't, I don't even know. War Room. I've never even heard of. It's what a Christian movie you said. Yeah, it's a Christian movie. Prayer is a powerful weapon. <clears throat> well, that makes sense. It is, in fact, a Christian movie. Uh, and Christian movies have been doing well at the box office, but they always seem to be, like, placed at strategic points and not made for, for a ton of money. So they're, 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 they're gaining popularity, you know, for better or for worse. Um... You know, I just I don't have an opinion on it. I'm not going to see any of them, so oh well. Uh, do I have any other thoughts on on the box office? Not really. Um, I was surprised the man from Uncle's budget was 75 million. Mm-hmm. Um, I am surprised that they're still under budget. <laughs> so. I guess Army Hammer just doesn't have that luck. And as for We Are Your Friends, how many ads have you seen for We Are Your Friends? Probably like three. What? I saw the trailer. You saw the trailer? When? I saw the trailer, um, what movie was it? I think I saw the trailer of Jurassic World, to be honest. Oh, so you might have seen the trailer for Jurassic Yeah, it was. It was Jurassic World. It was. Okay, so it was Jurassic World. Okay. Question two. How many ads do you see on television? Like three. Then you've seen three more than the rest of America. Yeah, pretty much. So, end of discussion. Nobody saw an ad. It was poorly promoted. 
Yeah, it got, it got somehow hooked its trailer on a billion-dollar blockbuster. But other than that, people forgot it. Right. People forgot this movie. People didn't know when it was coming out. There was no advertisements for it. Nobody's really promoting it. How were the people supposed to know when it was supposed to come out? Yeah. It's an R-rated movie. It's an R-rated movie that had no promotion. What do you think was going to happen? So, yeah, those those are my thoughts about the movie. The Christian movie did good. The R-rated drama thingy, drama D, I don't even know, with zero promotion did not. That's just how it goes. And if um, you really want, if you want to really want to see Jurassic World, it's back out. I'm pretty sure more. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. More people saw Jurassic World with the possible trailer for We Are Your Friends than the people who actually saw We Are Your Friends. Yeah. So there you go. Um. Before we move on, I do want to briefly acknowledge. Um, yesterday, we lost a really, really good director in, in Wes Craven. Um, he's the mind behind Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, a great horror mind, a great film mind. Uh, he was battling cancer. Um, so again, I mean, I think, I think pretty much everybody knows Wes Craven. He's his work in, again, in multiple decades of horror. Uh, so to his fans, his family, his friends, we express our condolences and thoughts and prayers and may he rest in peace. He is, he, I, I personally have enjoyed so many of his movies are among my like top movies of all time. So may he rest in peace. That was a tremendous loss yesterday in losing Rex Craven. So just wanted to mention that before we move on. All right. Um, now, interestingly, I've been mentioning for a couple of weeks now, like, okay, I want to get to some entertainment news um, because we haven't had really a lot of time. Well, there hasn't been a lot of entertainment news. I mean, there's been small things here and there, but, you know, normally we get emails from our fans or whatever, and, and, and there's, you know, the news stories they want us to talk about or things that they think we should talk about. Um and or or there's times when you know we find things that we want to uh, pick up on and talk about, you know, that we think the fans will want us to talk about. And really, there hasn't been a whole lot. I just I always try to um I always try to pick try to talk about some entertainment just to say just to say that we are, <laughs> but I can't. It's funny, before the show, I was looking. That's why I, I kind of was very vague in the show description. I was looking around. I didn't really find a whole lot. I do know, um, as, I, as I was looking around, I, I picked up on something that I completely missed yesterday. And I don't think it was yesterday. I think it was this morning, pardon me. And that was, um, and again, not, it, it's, it's, it's something completely minor, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago was a big deal, especially on the heels of the trailer and Comic-Con and everything else. Michael Shannon 
Um, and, and, and there's a larger topic in play here, and it kind of revisits something we talked about a few weeks back that a lot of our fans were really into talking about. And that was how DC, okay, the DC movie universe handles themselves because they don't handle themselves very well. They handle the PR situation at Comic-Con and the trailers leaked and everything so horribly um, as opposed to how Marvel handles it. Um, and, and a couple of weeks ago, Michael Shannon um, made a comment about, because obviously if you saw the trailer, you see his character General Zod from Man of Steel is in the trailer. So it's, 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 we see General Zod's body like in like a body bag, something means unzipped or zipped up or something. Well, he, made, he was asked about this in an interview, and he made reference to that he had flippers for hands. Well, he had flippers um, when he was involved in the project and how difficult it was to walk around, set with it, and do stuff. And, and that. Well, now he's backtracked, and I'm paraphrasing here, if you've seen the articles today, where he has said that it was, a, it was just me being ridiculous. Basically, he's saying that he BS'd the interview. Okay? Now... I'm not going to get into the whole flipper thing and what it could mean for the character and where it could end up. Okay, we're not going to speculate. I have my theories and I feel pretty good about them, and I can share them with you all off the air if you want. I'm sure you'd agree with me. Uh, but my issue here is with what I think is a lack of communication, and. We, I think a, a number of you, we didn't, we never revisited this after the, we talked about Comic-Con. You saw DC release the Batman vs. Superman trailer right after they unveiled it at Comic-Con. Now, too many that was like, you know what, they probably thought it was going to leak out, so they decided to release it anyway. But then when the Suicide Squad trailer got unveiled at Comic-Con and it leaked, they freaked out. And a lot of people thought, well, hey, wait a minute. You released the Batman vs. Superman trailer when it got unveiled. What's the difference? Who cares? Why didn't you just release it like you did that one? Why get on your high horse and go, oh, I don't like this? What was the difference? And what I think, it's very hard to figure out why it mattered that it leaked when they weren't worried. Because the thing you got to keep in mind is Suicide Squad's only coming out a few months after Batman vs. Superman. So it's not really that big of a deal that it got leaked out. And then DC had to go ahead and, and, and actually officially release it on the Monday following. I think the thing is, my only thinking in that was that they didn't want them both to come out on the same day and one to overshadow the other. They wanted them both to get their own spotlight. But in that case, then you don't unveil them both at the same event. Because they're gonna, one of them is going to overshadow the other anyway, whether it's online or in that event. But I digress. Now you have this an instance where an actor put something out there. Now, I'm not blaming Michael Shannon. All right? Maybe he didn't think it was a big deal to say that. But here's the thing I think is funny. He made those comments at least a month ago. And just now he's retracted it. So if it was such a big deal that he made those comments. 
You mean to tell me he just now is trying to attract and, 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 and no and, and look, I don't have an issue with Michael Shannon, but trying to pawn it off as oh I was just being ridiculous as your defense? No. Because nobody's gonna buy that. Because if if it really was something like that, as soon as it got picked up, you would have been out there the next day saying it was ridiculous. That's what would have happened. But you did it, which tells me that it wasn't ridiculous, it was the truth, and you didn't see a problem with it, and I can understand why, because unless you know the history of Superman and what it could potentially mean, and even if you do, you might not get the reference, then you, won't, you wouldn't be able to, to see what it could mean. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem. Now, he clearly didn't see an issue with it. He was probably telling the truth. He didn't see an issue with it, so he left it alone. A month goes by, and now he comes out and says it's ridiculous. So what what, ha- what happened in that month? Well, if it was as simple as DC freaking out, well, it sure took them a long time to nip that in the bud. And that's a communication issue. See, you can't get all huffy about a trailer leaking out the way it did and then go and then when something like this happens, wait a month to react. Because you know what it is? Like, you're being selective in your policing of information. If you're going to be this, 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 this cinematic universe like Marvel, you're trying to keep things close to the vest to make sure they don't get out, then act like it. You can't just pick and choose what you want to keep private and what you want to keep a lid on. You gotta, if you're gonna put, otherwise you're never going to effectively do it. It needs to be all or nothing. You have to have control over your stream of information as it gets released. You can't just go, oh, but we want to control that, but not that. And then wait a minute, oh, yeah, we missed something. Oh, we got to go back. No, you can't do that. You gotta get everybody together, actors, actresses, crew, whatever, cast, whatever. Get them all together and say, "We have a. You can't let anything leak. Put private. Keep everything private. Keep a lid on everything. Be vague. Keep a lid on everything. You never see any of the Marvel people say anything specific. They keep. They told the line. Nothing leaks." This is not the fault of Michael Shannon. This is not the fault of the actors or the actors or anybody. This is the fault of Warner Brothers and DC and not in not keeping a lid on things and being very selective in how they handle keeping things quiet. If you had a plan and if you policed your 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 material the right way and your and kept things and really were strict about it. And not and, and not just applying it to only certain instances, you wouldn't have these issues. You wouldn't be worried about one trailer leaking when it shouldn't, or an actor making a comment a month later. You have them try to nip it in the bud. No, all or nothing. Marvel adopts the all or nothing approach. Nothing gets leaked from Marvel. Nothing, at all, ever. Not in their TV division, not in their movie division. Never. The actors always speak in generalities. They do not speak specifics. Nothing leaks out. When the trailers are released, it's all part of the plan. 
And if it isn't, they sell it as a Hydra trick or something, and it works. They have their they have their crap together. You still don't. Even on simple stuff like this, in keeping your crap under a lid, keeping a lid on everything, you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to keep your actors towing the line. You don't know how to organize your marketing materials and make sure they get released when they're supposed to be released or that they're done in a certain way. Everything is just like, you know, you're always on your heels trying to do damage control. And sometimes you're doing it right away, and sometimes you're doing it way past the point of no return. Can't be like that. How are people supposed to feel if you're bungling even the simple stuff? Get your crap together. It's unbelievable, and, and a lot of and, and, and we just got an email from a fan telling me the same, mentioned the same thing. You get the feeling that when if, if they don't get this situ, situation, I know it's only one instance, one guy, and it really wasn't that big of a deal, but it, it could be a sign of tipping things to come here. When these got when when they're promoting Batman versus Superman. Like, it makes you wonder if you're going to have actors dropping hints left and right about things. Like, to, to Michael Shannon, it might not have been a big deal. And really, it isn't that huge a deal, like I said. Unless you know the history of the character of Superman, you might not even know it. But you could see other actors doing similar things and not thinking anything of it. But eventually, it could really, like, be damaging. You're spoiling huge things. To many fans, what Michael Shannon said did spoil potentially huge things. To some, it didn't. But that's the danger, and that's why you have to police it right. You have to make sure nothing gets out. Don't The actors can't tell stories from the set or about anything on the set that tips Anything, even something as much as makeup, you can't talk about because it might tilt something, tip something off to somebody. You can't do that. Speak in generality. Speak about just the general experience and how good the movie is in general or something like that, or how good the script was in general. You can't get into specifics. You can't talk about, well, that one time on set I was wearing this kind of this kind of shirt. Well, you can't talk about things like that because it might lead to something more more outwardly exclusive that might expose something. The honest to God truth. That's the way it is. You can't try to be Marvel if you're not even going to get that right. So that's kind of like a revisiting of a topic we talked about, but I think that's the only really big entertainment thing that I had really anything to say about that. A couple of you are still talking about. So, Mike, do you have anything to add? I I, I didn't even know this was a story. Um. So yeah, Michael Shannon says like, "Oh yeah, I got flippers for hands." Everybody knows that he spoiled one of the biggest surprises. And Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. 
mm-hmm. that the whole conflict is, of course, ended not by Batman, not by Superman, but by Flipper, the majestic dolphin <laughs> from the 90s, who is bought out by the DC Comics and is now the biggest, biggest hero in that world. Okay? That's, that is it. End of discussion. That's why Michael Shannon, because, of course, they couldn't get the dolphin from the 90s. That dolphin probably dead. Recipe flipper. But they figured they could go with a CGI flipper, and they, they probably felt that because Michael Shannon is technically in the movie. We see him in the movie, but he didn't work on it. So I think they feel bad. And they really, really, really want to get him in the movie. So Michael Shannon is playing Flipper. Because they couldn't get Stephen Amell as the Green Arrow. <laughs> End of discussion there. This is this is the... Uh, who, who cares? Good <laughs> Lord. People have been spoiling this nonsense for years and years and years. Who cares? Get over it. Michael Shannon backtracked. Oh, you know, I'm not even in the movie. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. What was the first thing you saw when you saw Zod in the trailer? Go ahead. The first thing you thought. Mm, I can't say Just, that. Just say it. Stop being a giant wimp. I think you should say it. <laughs> oh, oh I, all right. Sorry. All right, listeners, now you know which of us actually has testicles and which one. <laughs> the first thing I saw when I saw Zod in the trailer is, oh, my God, he's probably Doomsday. <gasps> oh, my God, did I say it? I said the D word, didn't I? Oh, no. Um, oh, 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 I, oh, I, I feel so vindicated by saying it. Oh, he's probably Doomsday. Like, oh, well, they'll probably experiment on him, and he's probably going to be Doomsday. So what? <laughs> so, Brian, who did you think Michael Shannon was when I you saw his dog in the trailer? Go I ahead. The same Get thing. your balls back. Get Doomsday. your balls back. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Say the word. Doomsday. Oh, doesn't it feel good to actually have testicles again? <laughs> Shut up, dude. It does, doesn't it? It does. Now, you, that, that swing low, sweet chariot, right? Yeah. Your balls hang low. Now they do because you have them back because you said doomsday. Yes. We all think he's going to be doomsday. How is this? This is, this is not a spoiler. DC has way more things to worry about. Like the fact that they are screwing up arrows so monumentally. When the TV, when TV guy can't even get a quote from the actors on the show, is a, that's a really bad sign. And the only person they can quote is the moron who was there from Warner Brothers, excuse me, from DC. When you, the only quote you get is from the idiot from DC, you have a problem. They couldn't even get Colin O'Donnell, who was there 
for one season to quote on it. <laughs> yes, I know his character's been dead for like two seasons. He was a ghost two seasons ago. We couldn't get that guy to do it? Pretty bad. They couldn't get extras on the show to quote on it. So you know what? That's a ter- that's a terrible sign. So DC needs to stop worrying about what, what Michael Shannon is or isn't saying. Michael Shannon, and this is a true story, was one of the two good things about Man of Steel. The other good thing was Russell Crowe. Okay. And they were both heavily involved in the Krypton stuff. Surprise, surprise. You know? Mm-hmm. Michael Shannon is actually willing to stay on your crap fest. Let's let's let us let us start treating that guy with a little bit of respect, okay? Who cares? Who cares? And yes, I mean and we have said this here before, and I don't want to go on super late because I have to be up early. We said this before when we were talking about the DC Comic Con stuff. They wanted the Suicide Squad crap, uh, excuse me, trailer to stay under wraps. While when the the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Crap uh, was leaked, they immediately put it out. Why was that? They don't want you to focus on Suicide Squad. Now do they? They don't. They want you to focus on Batman and Superman. It's the only reason why they policed that. Because they wanted Batman versus Superman to be the story. Suicide Squad was not supposed to be the story. Because the Suicide Squad trailer made the Batman vs. Superman trailer look like crap. End of discussion. That's why they policed it. That's the only reason why they policed it. And the police, and I don't know why they're even thinking about policing Michael Shannon. It's not like he's spoiling anything people haven't already guessed about. I mean, good Lord, get over yourselves. My only thing is... If and you don't get the hell off of the arrow. That's, that, no. that's my only other thing. My get only thing is, you guys. don't want it out there. First of all, you can't wait that long to deal with it. And your actors need to know what you want and won't want out there. Clearly, they don't. Marvel, somebody from Marvel would have never done that. Because they know that nothing gets out. You can't even tell Seth's stories half the time because they might tilt something. So if you don't want it out there, make sure everybody knows that. Clearly, they're not on the same page. It's communications an issue across the board. All right. So again, there's really not a lot of news out there right now. It's a slow time of year, so I just that was something that was out there that I thought kind of revisited something that was a hot button topic a couple of weeks ago. So we picked up on it. We talked about it. So all right, last of the night wrestling. Um, Last week we talked about the SummerSlam aftermath and the setup for Night of Champions is involved. The announcement of Sting versus Seth Rollins as the main event of Night of Champions. Last night we set up two other matches. We set up Seth Rollins versus John Cena in a U.S. title rematch, which, again, that was a given. So Seth Rollins will do double duty. Also, what was set up last night was a Divas Championship match between Charlotte and Nikki Bella. Charlotte won the Beat the Clock Challenge last night. So three matches currently for Night of Champions. Obviously, we know a couple of I There's still a chance. I mean, obviously, there's still some speculation over what will be the rest of the card. You know there will be a tag match. There will probably be maybe a triple threat. Primetime players have a rematch. 
versus the New Day. You're probably involved with Dudley Boys there. And you might still have the IC title involved, Miz, Ryback, and Big Show. So, And then you're probably going to get something with the Wyatts and Reigns and Ambrose again. And um, that'll probably be on, involved as well. And who knows, Kevin Owens will probably get some kind of match. Um, who knows what that will be at this point. So, um, coming out of last night, really there wasn't a whole lot other than the fact that there was some hints that many people took as references to maybe a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion coming up, which I, I just don't think is anytime soon, but I think they're, you know, they're always going to kind of tease that. And obviously there was a far more setup for the inevitable Seth Rollins face turn and feud with Triple H. That was a big thing last night. Um, a couple of the things that people were also interested in, a couple of questions we got were, number one, where was Randy Orton and where was Sheamus? Number two, why book another match with Owens and Cesaro? Because now we're at bordering on burying Cesaro. By the way, uh, for those interested, SmackDown spoilers have started to come out. And, and for those that are worried about Cesaro, well, worry again because um, he was involved in another match tonight and it didn't go so well. Spoiler alert. But um, So a lot of worry about Cesaro's push. No real direction right now for Kevin Owens because he doesn't really have a feud. He's winning now, but he doesn't have a feud. Um, Sheamus and Randy Orton kind of are in limbo. Neither one's doing anything, although uh, Sheamus is involved in SmackDown this week. Um, so, a lot of wondering about the direction of a few stars. Obviously, Sheamus has a built-in story right now, which is a money in a bank cash-in. Whether we get that at Night of Champions or not, who knows. Um... I'll just say this. Um, oh, and Dolph Ziggler probably on the car with the whole Lana elusive thing, summary thing. We all know that. Um, as far as any Shield reunion, again, that's not coming for well down the road, probably after WrestleMania if that happens. And obviously Rollins Triple H is coming because that's becoming apparent. Randy Orton, there's been a lot of talk about Randy Orton reducing his schedule. I think this is the start. Look, they don't have anything for him. All right? They needed him on the card at SummerSlam, so they kept the Seamus Orton feud going. Right now, they don't have a big pay-per-view to the Survivor Series. I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Randy Orton until then. Unless they give him a feud like Kevin Owens or something. There's, there's nothing for Orton to do. There, isn't, there just isn't anything for him to do. Seamus already has appeared on SmackDown. He's at the SmackDown taping. So, Sheamus, you're gonna, you know what the direction is there. Randy Orton, there's no need for him right now. That's the way I think it's going to be for him for now. I don't think it's going to keep him around for the sake of keeping him around. He's going to come and go, and that's just the way it's going to be, kind of like Big Show does, you know, where if you don't have a feud, you don't see Big Show around. That's kind of the way it is. I think that's the way Orton's going to be. As for Kevin Owens, Again, unless they give him a few or I don't know what you do with him. I mean, you want to toss him into the Intercontinental title? Uh, feud? Uh, maybe with, like, Ryback? I guess you can do that if you're done with Big Show and Miz. You can do that. 
Um, or maybe they're just going to keep her in a holding pattern until maybe they put the title back on Cena and they go revisit that again and do it the right way. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the game is there. I thought for sure that last night, in addition to the things that we got, like the Rollins-Cena rematch announcement, the setup of the Divas match, you know, maybe hinting at Miz Big Show Ryback again. You know, in addition to all those things, I thought we'd get a tease of what Owens' next uh, feud would be. Because I thought they were done with Cesaro before last night. I didn't think they'd do another match. Now, I don't have an issue with the match last night like everybody else does because they protected him. And I know some people for that for some people that's not enough. I, I, I booking him in the match they did tonight, I don't know how that helps him. Again, if you want to know what that is, SmackDown spoilers will help you with that. I don't know how that helps him. Last night I don't think it really hurt him too much. Because there was an angle there. And maybe they're gonna play that angle up in the match at SmackDown. I don't know, but you know, look, it's obvious to me right now they just need they their idea right now is they just want Owens going over people until they can figure out where to go with him. And that's fine because you're building him up, he's getting wins. But there needs to be a direction. There needs to be a direction. Zara was a nice kind of filler direction. Now we need something where he's beat him twice. Just Clearly, that's over with. If it wasn't over before, which I thought it was, it's definitely over with now. I mean, they ran, if they ran a full injury angle last night, then I would have thought it wasn't over with, but it is. My thing would be to give him, if, 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 give him a, at least one match with Randy Orton, just to get him on the card or something, like, to do something. Quite frankly, I think Randy Orton's the only guy he can match up with right now. I wouldn't book him against Ambrose or Reigns because those two guys don't need a loss right now. Orton can sustain a loss. I mean, Big Show, unless, I mean, I thought maybe last week they were maybe teasing Big Show versus Owens because Big Show was kind of turning face a little bit. Now, I, I could see that. But that's clearly not where they're going. And I'm kind of grateful for that. So, I don't know. Mike, you got anything to say? Uh, Bring into this. You're talking wrestling now, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, in that case, I feel like Sting's probably going to win. I feel like Cena's probably not going to get the U.S. title back. I feel like somebody's going to interfere in that Cena match. It'll cost Cena. I feel like Sting's got to be the guy who wins. Because Sting has one match in WWE. One. And he lost. One. And we expect this guy to beat The Undertaker or wrestle The Undertaker? He had one match. He lost to Triple H. The same Triple H, The Undertaker's beaten twice. Twice in the last four years. Or five years, something like that. 
So here we go. I think Sting has to win. And he has to win the title. Because it gives Sting momentum moving forward. And unfortunately, that has to come at the cost of Seth Rollins. Now, Sting's win doesn't have to be clean. Sting's win doesn't have to be long. And I know the thing is, oh, we're sacrificing Seth Rollins for Sting. So you could have put the title on Dean Ambrose. You could have put the title on this guy, that guy. Absolutely, you could have, and I feel like you should have put the title on Dean Ambrose. But neither here nor there. I feel like Seth Rollins had a good run, and I think he's going to spend a couple good months chasing the title. Uh, But I think we are kind of at the end of the run, because he shouldn't have a year. There are too many guys who need a title right now. Way too many. Bray Wyatt needs a title. Ambrose needs a title. Owens needs a title. Cesaro, he needs to be around the title. Uh, Wyatt needs a title. Did I say Bray Wyatt already? Mm -hmm. I did, didn't I? You did. There's a reason for that. Um, A, I forgot, and B, he needs to be near the title. You know, all these guys and more, Ryback needs to need the title. These guys need need wins, so so you can't do year title reigns anymore. And and unlike Brock Lesnar, there are ways to get it off with Sting, and Sting is willing to do business and not kill people. That was the big problem. All right, well, you got to cash in on Brock. Who's got the case? Rollins. Is he going to be? Is he going to outfight Lesnar? No. Thing you can work with. And Sheamus, Sheamus is going to be carrying the title soon anyway. So, I don't even know. I think he can do two months of Sting, and then run with Sheamus. You get you get Sting the Night of Champions. You have Undertaker costume. Sheamus takes the title, and we're we're good to run. You know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're Sting's credible now. We got a good WrestleMania match. We've already built that WrestleMania match. Rollins had a decent run. Sheamus carries the title. We're fine now. You know. Right. It solves your booking problems at the top of your card. Anyways, Owens needs the program. He beat Cesaro. The match, I feel like, was a little bit better than the SummerSlam match, even though Owens is moving slower. But you're talking saying that might have been a, it, it could have been a hard day for Owens. So, because the, uh, he had some family things. Was, he was missing his son's first day of kindergarten. Or not kindergarten. His first day of school, excuse me. His son's not in kindergarten anymore. So he he he's kind of feeling the fact you know the the reality of being on the road. So he might have been a little off, but he and Cesaro had a really good match on Monday, and had a really good way to write off Cesaro a little bit. I'm surprised they didn't run an injury angle. I wish they did, kind of save Cesaro a little bit. But Owens needs to do something now. He can either go after Ryback, he can go after Randy Orton. He needs he needs a program. He needs a program next week. And I haven't seen any SmackDown spoilers, so I don't know what they are. 
Well, I know like, Owens was on main event. What? Owens had a match on main event. Oh, well, all right. So they must be pushing him because he has a match on main event. Well, <laughs> I, that doesn't mean he won't be on SmackDown, but... I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. I really am. <laughs> I know, but that you know how people are going to react to that. Yeah, I know. Mm. Um, uh, but, but that being said, Owens is a guy that you need to protect now. So you need to give him a high-level feud. I need to give him a high level everything right now. So you either go right or Orton, or you go right back. And Owens has to go over both the, either one of those guys. So, and I know we're saying that because we're homers, or we're saying that because the dude could legitimately be such a beast, such a major major force to be reckoned with down the road. So. Just saying. Time to protect your investment. That's all I really have to say about wrestling. Uh, also, I feel, um, also, I feel like Charlotte's the least ready of the of the, the PCB to be in the Divas match, but she's right. in the Divas match, so there you go. Um, one, one more thing, because there was a lot of talk about Baron Strowman last night and his first kind of match. It didn't really end up being a full match, but um, a lot of people feel like he could be dangerous. He works too stiff. He's going to over, he's going to, uh, you know, overshadow Bray Wyatt. Da, 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 da. Uh, I don't think you've, we've seen enough yet. It, it was his first match, plus it was supposed, it, it really did, it ended in chaos, Okay. Yeah, he looked like he worked stiff. But a lot of guys in WWE work stiff. Um, I don't think he's going to overshadow Bray Wyatt. At least not yet. It really just depends on where they go. And what they do with him. If they don't give Bray Wyatt something more than what he's been given in the last two years soon, then yeah, I think he could, depending on how Vince books him. Because you know how Vince likes big guys. If Vince likes and starts giving him a big push, then Bray Wyatt's going to get pushed aside because he hasn't done anything. People are just going to be like, well, geez, this guy never does anything. So, yeah, they would. But I don't think right now I'd, I'd, I'd be concerned about that. That that would just be my thing. But So we'll see what happens. I think next week we'll... At least I think all the title matches will probably get it. You know, those matches that, that, that are for a title on the card will get all probably announced next week. We'll probably get announced for the tag uh, title match. We'll probably get announced on the IC title. And it'll probably get some kind of idea. And it, 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 I mean, they'll probably add the Wyatt match and probably the Ziggler match to the card. And then the only thing that I think will be left that's unpredictable is whatever Owens is going to be doing. And I think whatever it is, they got to tilt next week because you only got two weeks. Last week's Labor Day, and they don't usually like to do too much on Labor Day, but I think, you know, they already did the big, big stuff, so I don't think that's going to be much of an issue for them. So, we'll see what happens. But, Owen, you're right, Owens does need a program, and he needs it, like, now. So, I, I'm hoping it's Orton, because I think that's the best program they could give him right now. All right. 
With that being said, we are all done. We got through everything, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, show might be over, but that does not mean you have to stop contributing to our show, interacting with us, giving you, giving us your feedback, your topic ideas, as long, again, as long as they're related to sports entertainment or wrestling. Uh, if you want to submit any breaking news items, you want to make sure we cover related to sports entertainment or wrestling. Again, questions about the show and show scheduling, TV award submissions of any kind. Um, you know, any of those things, questions, general questions, reactions to things that any of us said, general comments, any of those things you can do via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlight411 at gmail.com. Again, that's itspotlight411 at gmail.com. You can follow and t- follow us and tweet us at itspotlight411. Again, it's at itspotlight411. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag itspotlight411. Again, that's hashtag itspotlight411. And Facebook, remember, you're going to search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. Again, it's In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our, our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. Keep in mind the Facebook, uh, name, uh, the full name for our show will be changing. So that Facebook thing will be changing too. So keep that in mind for future reference. I think it will be probably sometime next week we'll do that. So um, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest information about our show, especially as it relates to scheduling. Otherwise, check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com for the latest information about our show as far as scheduling. Again, I don't usually schedule shows until like right before they start, maybe within 15 minutes of when they start. When I schedule shows, there'll be a countdown clock and upcoming episodes, and that's how you know we're definitely having a show. You'll know it's upcoming pretty soon, probably within the next few minutes or so. Um, so, you know, on show days, which are usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, Keep refreshing the page, but especially you can check in with us daily. It makes it easier in case we do spontaneously do a show for some reason. You know, just keep visiting the show page here on TalkShoe regularly. Keep hitting refresh on the page, but especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays, particularly at night, you want to keep checking the page and keep refreshing it. That way, if an episode is scheduled, you'll know that it is and when it's coming. And also, if you check out the page regularly, anytime you miss a show, you'll be able to get that information. By checking out the episode archive at the bottom of the page where all of our episodes since we moved to TalkShoe are there in order for most recent to the oldest. All the way before you can search through the archive. If you miss an episode, be able to catch up on it. Or if you want to listen to any episodes again, you can do that as well. And if our most recent episode is what you're looking for, you can either find it in the archive at the top of the archive or you can find it in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner of the show page. Just click on the play icon and it will play for you. So make sure to check us out here on our main show page on TalkShoe.com. The search for using the full title of our show in the spotlight of Brian Gardner. Again, it's here on TalkShoe.com where our main show page is. If you want all that information, it will be there to help you. So use the show page if you need to. You can also check us out on our second home, LibsIn.com. Search for us using the full title of our show in the spotlight of Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page over there, Scroll down, you'll find all of our most recent episodes in order from the most recent date of them to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. So if you're interested in checking out our most recent episodes, maybe listening to them again or whatever the case may be, you can check us out over on our second home, LibsIn.com. With our fifth anniversary coming up, you might be feeling nostalgic. Maybe you want to listen to some of our, for our original episodes or some older episodes. Um Again, or maybe you want to listen to them for the first time because you never listened to them before. You can do that by heading over to blogtalkradio.com. 
search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spire of Brian Garner. And once you reach our old show page over there, scroll down, and you'll find the first ever 31 episodes of our show. Those are our original 31 episodes. They're, they'll always be there. They're in order from the most recent date to the oldest, all labeled for you. So if you want to check out those episodes at any time, feel free to head over there to blogtalkradio.com. And just search for us using our full title of our show. Uh, okay, iTunes, nothing going on there. But, Mike, do you want to plug anything right now? Uh, do I want to plug anything? Or mention uh, well, anything else? Well, honestly, Justin just sent me this this link about a guy doing a Tommy Wiseau impression, oh. which reminds me, uh, Tommy Wiseau has a movie coming out. It's called Samurai Something Something 2. And it looks unbelievably terrible. And I must watch it. So, unfortunately, I don't have anything educational. Sure, we could talk about the Kim Davis thing. We absolutely could. It's been a huge story. It's finally trending and it won't go away on Twitter. We could. I'm pretty sure everybody could figure out our position on it. Mm. Somebody who's been married four times, had children out of wedlock, really shouldn't be on their high horse. Just saying. And when the honestly, the Supreme Court said, just do your job. Just, just shut up and do your job. At that point, if she's still saying no, she she could be arrested. She should be arrested. She should be impeached and replaced by a pencil pusher who is willing to do the job. Even though her rights are not infringed on. Her freedom probably will be if she doesn't, doesn't comply, but her rights are not infringed. Just treat everybody with a bit of respect, people. Right. That's all. That's in the end. Jesus did not say, love thy neighbor except for them gays. He said, right. love thy neighbor. Just even if they're gay. Who cares if they're gay? Love thy neighbor. Right. End of discussion. Don't worry about it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That was well-timed, Mike. Very well-timed. I try. I try. As always, I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. Now I go to bed, huh? Because it is sleepy time. Hurry up, Brian. You take forever. I want to thank myself for another great show. I want to thank all of you for your continued support and contributions through the show. We thank you so much for listening. That is it for this week, our only show of the week. We are preempted once again on Thursday. Our next show will take place a week from tonight. That's September 8th, the day after Labor Day. That is our welcome back show. You know, everybody, summer's over and all that jazz. We'll make a lot of announcements about what's coming up in September, our big September to remember. We'll address the future of Football Friday, announce some other things as it relates to the show, the show's anniversary, all that good stuff. And, of course, we'll be back to our normal two-show-a-week schedule. So 
we'll do some sports stuff and wrestling stuff, too, because that's usually what we do on Tuesday, sports and wrestling. So that will be coming up on Tuesday. Next Thursday, again, is the deadline. Fifth Daniel in the Spotlight TV Award winning ballots will be due um, on that night, September 10th at 9 o'clock from Eastern Time. Also, live voted award nominee, nominee submissions also due next Thursday, September 10th at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure you get those in. That will be right during the middle of our show next Thursday. There's a deadline for those. And, again, the Fifth Daniel in the Spotlight TV Awards broadcasting live here on Talk Show. Thursday, September 17th at 8 o'clock from Eastern Time, so know all that information. Again, we are done for this week. We'll see you back here a week from tonight, September 8th, broadcasting live here on Talk Show at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time for our next show. Until then, I hope you have a great rest of your week, a great Labor Day holiday weekend, and a great start to your week next week. We'll see you back here a week from tonight, September 8th, next Tuesday, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good night, everybody.